Hey, what's happening, everybody? Uh, welcome to Post Up. What up? What's happening? My name's Jeremy Ubroth. I go by UB1 Kenobi. <laughs> this is my lovely co-host. Greg Dix. Yeah, sometimes people call me the interrogator. Hey. <laughs> because I find out who people are really quick. And uh, we have a special <laughs> guest with us. Greg, you want to introduce him? Yeah. Um, so this gentleman here, also a neighbor of ours, we happen to meet uh, what we've you know come to call the uh, great caucus debacle and our <laughs> experience trying to get involved in you know local civics here, and uh, you know we we now he also has a nickname. Apologize, guys. Dogs going off over here. Dogs going crazy. <laughs> Boomer Boomer needs to shut up. It's part of this is part of doing a live show. <laughs> That's right. There you go. This is Neil Sure. Pronounce it right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And Neil, we call the good senator. It's the okay? good senator. Because yeah. he was actually an Iowa senator. That's right. And yeah. we're so happy that you're here, Neil. Thanks for well, coming. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, been a pleasure to meet you two gentlemen at the at the caucus March 1st, uh, 2022 in, in Colorado Springs. We have our little precinct here, Precinct 114, with about 1,000 voters and registered voters and opportunity to meet your neighbors and to find out who's like-minded and how we want to approach things because we as Americans have to reclaim our freedoms and that's kind of the place that we're at today yeah so um when we say the great caucus debacle the reason why we bring that up is we look at our um meeting neil as providential really we have to call it that way Uh, because we had a heart to want to get more involved we realized that uh, we were missing out on certain key elements of what it means to be a part, an active part of civics. And, and based on our reading and the convictions as they've grown over time, we've come to discover that many Christians are just not involved. And so right. a big part of this podcast uh, and live stream here is designed to really help, like you guys see our journey. We're just a couple goofballs, right? Except for, except for Neil. Neil's not a goofball. <laughs> He's an Iowa State Center. Yeah. <laughs> We're, Neil, um, Neil's a slick dude, man, let me tell you. Yeah, and, <laughs> and so we just wanted to say, hey, look, like, just ju- jump in. And uh, <clears throat> what is that quote that you just said a second ago? Uh, William Carey, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. Yeah, so in a sense, like, we jumped in and go, well, we really have actually no idea what to expect. We're just, oh, yeah. We're just jumping in with both feet. But we knew, based on our reading, uh, time in the Word, uh, time in prayer, active involvement in studying and researching uh, theologians, particularly the Puritans and, and others. Um, I'm teaching through a church history <coughs> class right now as we speak, and what you find consistent throughout history is a strong involvement of Christians and civics. As a matter of fact, uh, I would say up until the last couple hundred years, you really see no distinction between what it means to be a Christian and active involvement in, in uh, civics. And so uh, with that said, uh, we actually dove in both feet, and we had a oh, yeah. we, we went to our local caucus, and we met our buddy Neil. <laughs> and so, uh, what's really cool about that is we're like, hey man, we walked we walked in the door, and I'm sure if you remember Neil, we just walked in. We're like, we have no idea what's going on. Oh, yeah, here, right? what do we do? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Jeremy's like, yeah, I'll introduce myself to people coming in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, you want me to work the sign up sheet? Sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, and I'm like, okay, cool, man. I'm just gonna say hi and see what yeah. see what happens. And we had literally no 
clue of how, how things worked and went down, you know, so yeah, you're, you're definitely an answer to prayer. Um, I know after, you know, talking with you, it seems like that's a, you know, symbiotic, you know, sort of deal in the providence of God. Yeah. You know, as a, you know, a couple, you know, young, young knuckleheads, younger, maybe. Yeah. We're in our forties. Definitely knuckleheads. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Coming, coming at it. I'm surprised that anybody uh, wanted me to be a delegate. I mean, all I I came short sleeve shirt and all. Mm -hmm. Yep. All tatted down. I even made a prison reference and kind of jokingly. (laughs) One gal was looking at me like, hmm. Just like, do we even know these guys? Yeah, yeah, that was. (laughs) Do you remember that, Neil? Yep. (laughs) I think her name was Nina, perhaps. Yes. Oh, and she complimented. I saw her at the assembly. She came and observed at the assembly. Okay. Uh And she's one of our neighbors, too. Just right in there. She's in the neighborhood? Well, she's across uh, Lower Gold Camp Road in those townhouses uh, with uh, Steve and Lori, who were the precinct leaders from the 2000 caucus. So they're over there, too, as well. They're over there, too, as well. You can walk right over to their place. And that's really what the caucus system's all about. But she really complimented me on how well everything worked. In our caucus, we probably had yeah. the largest caucus there of all the groups of people that were there. And You're right. Partly it was uh, uh, I reaching out to Steve and finding out who my precinct leader was and, and gave him a call and said, hey, can I, what can I do to help you put on the caucus? And yeah. I thought Steve was going to fall off the off his chair, you know, with, uh, <laughs> you know, no, he's been precinct leader for two years. He went to caucus in, in 2020, uh, which is an, an biannual thing that we do as Republicans. We, we come to caucus, we meet, we lead our, elect our precinct leaders, delegates to the county conventions and things. And I'm going to use the word county convention because that's really what it is. In the bylaws for El Paso County Republicans, it's a county assembly or convention. And I think people understand the the convention term a little bit better uh, and those kinds of things. And so Steve and I met. We got all the information. We got caucus training. We got our list. Send out little postcards to invite people to the caucus. Had a few people yeah. call, and so we've got some other relationships with folks. But it was a great experience. And one of the things that Steve and I prayed for before the caucus is that we would have the next generation pick up the baton and carry it, and here you two guys walk in, and uh, Man, away we go. God. And the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. And so it, what. I think what, what should encourage you guys, for those who are not getting involved um, or, or haven't yet and maybe are intimidated or don't even know where to start, again, to stress, uh, we're just a couple goofballs, and we're just trying to figure th- things out ourselves. And to our shame, and I would say for me, uh, I, Same. I didn't do it for years, yep. and I, I'm really disappointed in myself, to be honest. Uh, the more I'm coming to grow and learn, and you guys are going to hear a little bit more from Neil, our uh, our category expert here, um, the good senator. Yeah, the good senator, <laughs> as we right. refer to him. Everybody needs a nickname now. That's right. Everybody. I love it. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> um, what what you know what we sh- have shared in the past is to our shame. Uh, we and we come from different theological backgrounds from where we're at right now, and so we've really For had sure. to grow in these convictions, and it came over time. But I think that once we came to grasp and wrestle with the need for this and that really you cannot distinguish Christian uh, duties from what I would say is, you know, civics. You can't, and we want to dive into that a little bit and ask Neil. So Neil's been into it 
for for a while. So Scott Scott asks a really good question. He says, "You guys guys lead a caucus?" No. As a matter of fact, the good senator here, if you just <coughs> jumping in with us, uh, Neil, uh, he uh, actually was the leader of the caucus. He was a chair with Steve, mm-hmm. and uh, they were praying that someone would come in, a couple younger folks, and we're not really that young. I mean, I'm 45. You're what? Nah, we ain't spring chickens no more. Not dude. spring chickens. <laughs> Starting to get a little uh, muscles are turning gray in the beard. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Belly's um, getting, belly's growing by the by the day. Going yeah. right over the belt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Dad bod action. Dad bod. Yeah, but we're not. You know, we're younger in the sense that uh, a lot of the folks. I think the average age, man, at our caucus was well over. You know, would you say the sixties or, or? I would or, say well over sixty. Easy. And, yeah. and typically, yeah. those are the people that have the interest and have the the time to be involved it's Mm -hmm. tough when you forgot raising a family and you both uh, shared that you homeschool and so there's a tremendous time commitment and uh, that's it's part of it but that you need to figure out how to all of us engage so that we don't all have to do a all the heavy lifting and we're we're sharing right. the load and that's what i see the value of meeting you and the other people here in the neighborhood in our precinct to share the load of our civic responsibility yeah Absolutely. and i i think what's really cool about that you know as he was sharing just a moment I, I was thinking when we went in there and you could just see the need like there was such a desire <clears throat> to have younger folks get involved and there and there was just like this almost a breath of fresh air they see us in there, and we're all amped up, and then I, I say the famous last words that will go down in infamy. So when the book is written... When the book is written. <laughs> that's what I've been saying, yeah. What, when the book is written, what is it? it's going to start with Jeremy walks in and says, hey, guys, you know, I'm new here. Just sign me up for everything. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And me, I'm like... And Jeremy's like, dude, you, you too, man. Come on, let's go. And I'm like, all right, bro. And then we find out, too, and I'm like... Hey, we we're on the hook for some money here, dude. Right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. With a slick salesman, you know, the good senator actually, you know, yeah. look, we need a little cash. Oh man, so, Neil, what did you get us into? Now, wait, now, now, now we're on the hook for money. Yeah, yeah. Greg was totally fine, dude. Until he's like, wait a second, how much is that going to be <laughs> to be a delegate? <laughs> so I would say, you know, it was almost like a breath of fresh air as we walked in, yeah. you know, and we were like, hey. You know, sign us up, and you can just see the sigh of relief on Steve and Neil's face. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh, awesome!" And they're in a real quick hurry. Everybody's like, "Vote them in!" And it, <laughs> oh yeah, it, that's what was so funny about what it was. Nina, Nina, yeah, she yeah. said, "She goes, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute." Everybody's <laughs> voting, and this is yeah, this is so prior prior to anybody knowing anything about us, <clears throat> yeah, like you know, personal questions, who we are, names, that kind of thing. Like they're starting to get ready to vote, and and that kind of a smile on my face, and you know, N- Nina's like. We don't even know these guys. <laughs> that had me cracking up laughing. And a- afterwards, Jeremy and I are walking out, dying uh, laughing. I mean, she asked she asked the right question, right? Yep, Can you yep. tell us a little bit about yourselves? Yep, and, yep. you know, yep. went, went from there. Yeah. So. And what, what's really cool about it is uh, we were really eager to dive in. So you can see this tremendous opportunity. And not all caucuses are created equal. Right. Come to discover. Um, there were some that there were people who were like, this is our caucus. This is our precinct. Mm-hmm. And they, oh, yeah. and they were fighting over votes. Cynthia, um, Dave's assistant, mm-hmm. she's telling me that, that, that in their caucus they were like duking it out. They didn't want to just yeah. You were telling they, me that yeah. And so for us trying to, to give it up. Yeah, exactly. And so for us to just walk in there and go, okay, awesome, we're ready to you know volunteer and whatnot. We had no expectation to walk out there. You know, we're now the precinct leaders. Uh, we met the good senator right, and 
he's been mentoring us, you guys. This is amazing. Like I would say, it's probably yeah. not oh, going to yeah. be the norm, but um, we want to uh, give Neil an opportunity to really share with you kind of his heart and why he got into civics because uh, he really has a neat story. And it's such a blessing. Not only is uh, is Neil mentoring us and helping us, but he's a neighbor. Yep. Oh, yeah. So convenient, yeah. right? I mean, Very cool. Neil and, and Jeremy were at my house last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the office, hanging yep. out and, uh, you know, talking. I mean, Neil was giving us, you know, breakdown of, you know, yeah. things, things that have progressed, if you will, from the assembly yep. until now. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> with that said, kind of just to segue into that, um, Neil, tell us a little bit about like your backstory, okay. you know, just a, a brief idea <clears throat> of what, you know, as a Christian, because this is uh, our experiences and our journey are completely different. Um, he hasn't studied the same people really that we have. In some mm-hmm. cases, there's some overlap, but he comes from an entirely different background. Uh, I think he has a very good uh, and healthy, unique vantage point. And so we can't be charged here with, you know, uh, theological partisanism, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that he right. actually has, uh, he's been influenced different th- theologically. And so I thought it was really cool. And I, so I thought we'd give him a chance sure. to share kind of his, uh, his thoughts on that. Well, I just, it, it's been a pleasure to meet both of you and to just, you know, share life stories and better understand. I had to, uh, I had to chuckle a little bit, Jeremy, when you were talking about uh, writing your book. Uh, we share a, a, a German heritage background and uh, it's kind of fun. I've got some neat quips, but you know, the only time a German ever says no, you know when that is? When? Have you had enough yet? Had you? <laughs> Give me more. You know, and that, and I grew in a, it grew up in a very staunch uh, German community uh, in eastern Iowa called the Amana Colonies, and it was a communal society till 1932. So all of my older relatives, grandparents, great aunts and uncles grew up in a communal lifestyle and then disbanded that in 1932, but just by separating the business from the church. The church is still operating today. Amana Church Society, Amana Society Incorporated, all of those things. And probably people know the name Amana from Amana Refrigerators and Radar Ranges and that's Air Conditioners. Was, that's exactly and they, what that, I was thinking. That's where they were, they were made there. The manufacturing plant is still there in Amana and, and through all of that. So I was born and raised in Iowa with a strong religious background but not really a faith background. Just, you know, I was nice to my grandmothers and didn't swear a lot out in public and, you know, all (laughs) of those things, a small rural Iowa school and had a a really a wonderful American middle-class upbringing and met my wife at a a Central College in Pella, Iowa, a Dutch Reform college. And and then my wife uh, had an opportunity to work on a girl's ranch in Missoula, Montana in 1975. And she said, Neil, I'm going to move to Montana with or without you. And I said, I wanted to live out west anyhow. There you go. So we went out out west to Missoula, Montana. And out there is where a couple came along and came alongside us, not much older than us, but a couple, and they led us to the Lord and discipled us. So I really found out that it's not a religion, it's a relationship. And his wife discipled my wife, Melissa. He discipled me and invested two years in our lives. And through all of those circumstances from Missoula, Montana, we went for a couple of years to Lake Tahoe in California because he took a job nice. at uh, nice. at uh, at a resort um, it's Sweet been can- it's been canceled now. It was Squaw Valley, California. Everybody knows Squaw Valley and the ski area Squaw. But he we had a uh, he was working as a chief financial officer for a development, and I was the salesman. And again, allowed us to connect together. But then 
able to you know make a commitment to follow Jesus, which my wife and I have since 1984. And our daughter was born in Missoula. She's about two, three years old. We decided to raise family around family. We returned back to Iowa, spent 20 years in the family business in in eastern Iowa in the Amana Colonies, hospitality. I'm a restaurateur. I call myself a working restaurateur, not a chef, but a, a keeper of a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And awesome. with all of that and through experiences of, with our daughter, uh, we chose to homeschool in, uh, in, the late, uh, in the late 1980s. And we decided to homeschool when homeschooling essentially was Ill- illegal in Iowa. Wow. And we were considered truant, although... Uh, the, gov- crazy. the governor yeah, in the wow. state of Iowa at the time, Terry Branstad, people probably know that name, uh, he did not want to have that conflict between the parents and the school system and things like that. And so uh, we were able to operate, but that's where I really engaged the civic responsibility. Um, I was my senior class president in high school. I was a fraternity president in college. You know, you know, it's <laughs> a good old, you know, awesome, you know, it's good old German, you know, don't hand me the bull if you don't want me, you know, if you don't hand me, the, you know, don't <laughs> hand the bull to me if you don't want me to grab it by the horns. But, you know, going out that way, but it was homeschooling and teaching American history from a biblical worldview or from a Christian perspective drives an individual to be involved. Whether voting, which absolutely we need to vote regularly, get to know the candidates, but then also serve on your local school board, city council, uh, uh, zoning district, zoning board. There's tremendous amount of opportunity for everyone to to be involved. And was the American history piece, like you're saying, did did you come to have a a firmer (coughs) grasp during the homeschool, like in terms of... Yes. As the teacher, the parent, you're looking looking over the material. Yes. Teaching. Okay. Exactly. That's awesome, man. Exactly. And probably one of the classic pieces in the 1980s is the classic piece is uh, Peter Marshall and David Emanuel. Peter Marshall was the son of Peter Marshall Sr., who was the Senate chaplain for many, many years, U.S. Cha- chaplain. And he wrote three books, The Light and the Glory... From Sea to Shining Sea, Sound Forth a Trumpet. American history from discovering Columbus to leading right up to uh, the last revival in the United States that, that really guided us through a very destructive time, the Civil War, but with the results that we right. came with. So those were the three pivotal pieces and just moving through and got involved. I was, Like I said, I was a restaurant operator. And then in the, I think it was the early 90s, the government stepped in and decided that tip servers, you know, it just wasn't fair. They need to be reporting their tips to Uncle Sam. And I thought there's nobody that just works nuts. harder than a tipped yeah. employee. Come on, and, right. and really what they wanted, they wanted us to pay the match of the Social Security tax. And that's really when I got involved in politics and had an opportunity. Uh, we had a restaurant business. We did some special things for the community. And I had a one of my good friend's birthdays. He is uh, no longer with us, but I either asked the right question or wrong cl- question. I'm still trying to decide it was, but I said, how do I get involved in this? And he said, oh, so you're interested in running for the Iowa Senate? This was mid-90s. And uh, I said, yeah, well, I don't know anything about it, just like you coming to caucus. I don't know anything about it. And he said, well, if you're interested, I'll have somebody contact you. It was two days, and a Senate candidate recruiter called me, came to my business, sat down with my wife. We laid it all out, 
And next thing you know, I'm running for the <laughs> Iowa Senate, and I felt like wow. a do- I felt like the dog that chased the car and caught it. <laughs> and so when you feel like that, what do you do? Well, I guess you just jump in and drive it. So so, awesome. so that was wow. uh, that was my experience with getting involved in politics. The the eight years I served in the Iowa Senate was probably one of the best opportunities, the relationships and the friends and all of the acquaintances I've had over the years. And I'm still leveraging those as I'm continuing with getting states to stand up to the national government overreach. So that's just a little bit about what I've come in. My wife, Melissa, my wife, Melissa, was a homemaker, raised our daughter and son. Our daughter was homeschooled. Our son, um, Maybe we wished we would have homeschooled him, but didn't. But uh, both of them are uh, adults now. I've got three grandsons that my daughter's doing a wonderful job of investing in them and giving them a, a really awesome. an Americana upbringing on a rural setting in Iowa. And I, I've got some different so things. So your kids are in Iowa? They're every, all of our families oh, in okay. eastern Iowa. My wife and I, cool. uh, it's kind of interesting. We're Western people. And people in Iowa tend to be settlers. The ruts are deep. We've always done it this way. How can we ever think about doing something else? And I did say a lot of times to my colleagues in the Iowa Senate, is I said, we are west of the Mississippi. We could take a risk. But the western lifestyle, the the west here, when you start traveling west in Iowa, when you get to western Iowa, see that horizon at expanse that just opens up in Nebraska and Kansas and South Dakota and here in Colorado and and all of those things. There's a Western mindset and and being a Pikes Peak range rider, you know, we talk about your word is your bond. I mean, the last Mm -hmm. three or four jobs I've had and people, you know, wanting to do a contract or working with him, you know, I said, you know, here's here's who I am. This is who I am. This is how I'll operate. And then the the next thing is stewardship of resources. You know, whether it's the natural resources or things that God has provided for us, we need to take care of those. Yeah. Uh, Fierce loyalty, quiet confidence. And this is probably one of the best Western traits in Iowa. You know, if you fail, if you fall short, you know, you're kind of branded. But out West, you stand up, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and you you take another swing at the plate. And that's part of the Western experience of being a pioneer versus a settler. So that's why my wife and I really like it here in Colorado Springs, in the shadow of Pikes Peak, America's Mountain. If we can't oh, get it right here, How could you, yeah. not can't, here? you cannot get it right anywhere. So right, that's yeah. why I'm here with my sleeves rolled up and ready to take it on. Nice, man. Well, I, I, awesome. <clears throat> yeah, I love that, that story. Um, about you getting involved in the the cynic, uh, the cynic, the civics, <laughs> the Senate in civics, yep. um, and that it wasn't something that you had been doing it for life for. You're just a businessman yep. and a family man, and you know you just wanted to raise your kids and uh, give them a good upbringing. And uh, through doing historical studies, it sounds <laughs> like a big part of those convictions. Like I got to jump in here and, and make a difference. So, kind of into to the next. Perfect segue. We're doing this in excellent 15-minute increments. Okay. May, may I say? And, and real quick, let me ask. Yeah. Is the Senate a paid position? Well, there is, a, no? com- there is a compensation of time, and okay. you get gotcha. a per diem, and you get some time. Iowa, like Colorado, does not have a full-time legislature. So there oh, is yeah. some compensation for your time, but it's not a full-time legislature like folks in Ohio or Illinois gotcha. or some of the bigger states. So, yeah, in those different states, is it like the same sort of role, but yet they're being paid? 
Yes. In those states. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I would say, um, you know, just thinking through this. So uh, in a very similar way, you know, we come to certain convictions. We want to jump in. We have no idea what we're doing. But then people, you know, like Neil pull, pulls us under his wing, yeah. mentors us and, and is continuing to, to really help us and, and guide us. We, we went to the caucus. Uh, we were made delegates. We had the we were uh, selected as delegates for the assemblies. Uh, I think you're an alternate at one. I think yeah, maybe one yep. or two. I think it's the state one that I'm that I'm an alternate. I yes. believe. Yeah. 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 So <clears throat> now, okay, we are one of I think 13 states that do the caucus. That's about right. Okay. I was also a caucus state, so I okay. was familiar with it. Okay. So can you briefly explain? Uh, why it is so critical to be involved in the caucus. That that uh, word to me, that term, mm-hmm. was completely foreign up until a, Same. a month ago. I used to hear it like on the presidential debates, oh, the Iowa caucus. It was always mm-hmm. the Iowa caucus yeah, yeah. they mentioned. Yep. Yeah. It's the only time I've ever heard of it. I'm like, <clears throat> all right, I guess I never really thought too much about it to yeah. figure, <laughs> figure out what that was all about. But. I didn't care. I just was like, yeah. whatever, it's just one of those words. I don't care enough about civics. I don't want to get involved. Yeah. But. So can you can you share with uh, our viewers sure. why, why exactly. it's so important? Well, it basically, a caucus is a neighborhood meeting. It's your friends and neighbors coming together and deciding how we're going to operate our Republican Party. And you can do the same thing with the Democratic side, things like that. So this is an opportunity for neighbors to come together. It's all based on the apportionment process of, you know, starting with our U.S. House of Representatives. And every 10 years, we just went through that. You designate uh, areas of representation for the U.S. Congress. Then within those districts, you break down House and Senate districts. And then on the county level, it breaks down your county government. And it even breaks down then to these precincts that we live in. Mm -hmm. And we have a a party chair. But then how we communicate to the individual Republicans in El Paso County is through the precinct caucus leadership. And then we've got division leaders. So it's a, a delegated system. So everybody should be able to understand what's going on politically in the Republican Party using this caucus system. It's different than other states that just do primaries. And you never get to know who is your fellow neighbor Republican. Local guys, right? Yeah, and now, especially in Colorado, where we have all mail-in voting, we don't even go to a precinct voting uh, polling place anymore, so you don't even know who your Republican neighbors are if you don't get involved in the caucus. Right. That's really interesting. So important. Yeah, when you think about, um, uh, we, we talked about a, a little bit of, in terms of being involved in the caucus, that there's no better way, grassroots-wise, you know, for us simple term, simpletons. Um, and it, it, we have a very powerful influence over the future of the elections. Um, can, you, can you describe that briefly, why? Well, it, it's, it's again, it, you know, anymore today we think these politicians or elected officials are a political class or they get elected to a job. But when we walked into that caucus on Saturday or in that, at that county um, convention on Saturday, we were all equal. We were equal with our U.S. congressman. We were equal with our uh, state senator. We were equal with our county commissioners and several individuals, people that are you know, average uh, folks here in El Paso County stepped up and played and that said, 
I want to run for that seat and actually challenged yeah. an incumbent. And that's how the system's supposed to work. No one should be endowed to a position. Every two years or every four years, people are up for re-election. And that's why every two years we elect new party leadership. We elect new precinct caucus leaders. Call that a central committee so that we should guide and direct the political philosophy within El Paso County, within our Republican Party. Yeah. Did you want to, did you have something to say? I was just thinking, you know, from like the, I mean, the, the caucus is a wonderful way in terms of the bottom up <clears throat> perspective right. of, you know, raising up leadership and growth and being able to see, like you said, your neighbor, mm-hmm. right? Because if you don't have a caucus, then it's like you, you, you eliminate that sort of bottom up mm-hmm. you know, approach to it. Yeah. So, um, real quick, how do how do other how do other states do it if they don't if they're not doing a caucus? They just do a a primary system where if somebody wants to run for office, they they go around and gather the signatures they need to get officially put on the ballot, and then it they have that primary election. But what's unique about the caucus system? It's out of the American philosophy of a representative republic. Now we have. A democracy, we have a democracy wrapped in a republic. But that means that we elect people to represent us in these different elected officials. We just don't appoint them to a political position. If you look at the the simple direct election uh, primary system, it's almost like direct democracy, you know, majority rule, which can lead into mob rule or totalitarianism, because once they're in position, so our representative republic, we need to hold the people accountable that we elect position for a county commissioner or for a state senator or a house member, whatever elected position it is, and we just don't turn them loose for two or four years. We should be holding them accountable and not just contact them when they vote wrong, if that's the yeah. situation. But you know, one of the things that I've encouraged people to do over the years, you don't realize how few touches it takes to really influence an elected official. I always use the line of about 12 people. And if you go in and meet your state senator or your state rep or your county commissioner, you know, just in just to get to know them as a person and then yeah. offer to pray for them. And, you know, nobody ever turns that down. And yeah. not just... <laughs> That's and, a good point. Yeah, and not just That's contact true. them when you're dissatisfied with what they do. You know, right. they, it's a, it, being an elected official is a lonely position because everything, everything, everybody wants something from you and you don't know exactly who you can trust. Right. But if we set up this precinct caucus, if we get to know our neighbors and trust each other, then it just makes it a lot better for that elected official. Mm. But then that election official is also responsible to represent our views, even if they happen to be from another party. Yeah. Not that they are going to roll over and believe everything we say or what we want, but take it in, but they'll listen to us. We've gained their trust, and then they can trust us. Yeah, I think yeah. that um, that that became very clear to me when we went to the um, Mark Schneider's mm-hmm. uh, meeting with Mark Schneider, and he... Um, <clears throat> He, uh, you should share that for a moment. Just, just share your share your experience. Yeah. So Mark Mark Schneider is uh, he's a Democrat. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Yeah. And he was <coughs> they they were hosting a a business oriented meeting for business owners and many and <clears throat> one thing I didn't quite understand, Neil, and you might be able to explain sure. this was he he he's in our district. He's in District 18. Correct. 
Um, he is our incumbent state representative. Mm. He represents us in Denver. Okay, right. And so what I what I didn't understand though is why is Manitou there? Like why are all those business owners from Manitou there? Well, because it was hosted at the Chamber of Commerce in Colorado Springs. They wanted to have people turn out, come to the town hall. So the chamber from Manitou Springs came to support Mark Snyder to to be there. Okay. Yeah, and the reason I asked that is I'm like, what interest do they have uh, in a meeting that's, you know, he's is he their representative too? Yes, that, okay. that's correct. Right. It's in the district. And, Got it, okay. And so that is the uh, legislative district. Got it. Okay, and so <clears throat> it was a business-oriented meeting. Chamber of Commerce, many business owners are there. And, and some of the issues that, for instance, that were brought up uh, were economic impact of COVID, <clears throat> right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then how the government was trying to step in and help provide opportunities, loans, relaxing of license and certification type stuff. They were uh, working on uh, permitting businesses cheaper, mm -hmm. you know, offering for permits to, to mm -hmm. reduce... And, uh, you know, just trying to find money in, in places uh, to help people who are, who are struggling. And uh, uh, go ahead. Majority Democrats, right? Yeah. yeah. And here comes here comes along <laughs> stealth, <laughs> the good senator, and UB1 coming in. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, you guys came in with the green sabers, huh? We had the green sabers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so... You know, he but but we were gracious. We oh, were yeah. gracious going yeah, in, and that's course. the that's yeah. the key. Yeah. That's the key. Jedi's are always gracious. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sophisticated. Um, so, uh, what what's interesting is came up. You know, issues of finance, and so I talked to said, okay, you know, the state obviously has a ton of money. Yeah. And they have all this leftover money that they just found millions, and I'm thinking, man, millions, millions, millions. of dollars they just found that they just were able to get. You know. <clears throat> put forward and i'm like why don't put why don't you just put that back in the taxpayers pockets and yeah. let them spend their own money right that was one thing and they were like you know you can feel the tension in the room <laughs> right you know what i'm saying and then uh then the second one i dropped a bomb in the room so we know actually as a matter of fact this morning uh <coughs> bill 1279 the reproductive health care equity act was actually signed that. in the third hearing and is going to the governor's desk mm -hmm. is going to be codified officially into law hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't expect the, the governor to veto it. No. Now, what this does is basically codify uh, the same principles that undergirded Roe v. Wade. And many argued that it opens up a disastrous amount of potential litigation mm -hmm. for uh, the future. You know, and, and we'll go into details there. But what it does, it basically makes abortion legal 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 like it's already yeah. you know in the sense mm -hmm. like it's already legal here in, in zero the, rights for the baby zero rights mm -hmm. and, and to the point where they say in the bill no independent nor derivative rights for fertilized egg yeah. or embryo or fetus yeah. and so to tie this back into why why is this an important issue one of the things that came up in the meeting was labor force mm -hmm. okay and they're like man we're really trying to we're really struggling to try to you know find workers we're struggling in, in you know, our immigration is a, a problem and whatnot. And so I, I, I look over at Neil and I say, I got something for him. Mm -hmm. Let's see how he deals with this challenge. Right. <coughs> you, you remember? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What you, what were you thinking, Neil, at that point? Uh, I was thinking it, it, it was probably a, a crowd that might not embrace it like we do. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And that's the, that's a nice way. And, and you're coming at it too from a perspective of, you know, successful business owner mm -hmm. yeah 
right? A mm-hmm. couple businesses. And I've ran, I've run businesses yeah. and I know what it means to employ people. And yeah. it is really hard to employ good people. Right. Yes. You know what that's like. I know. So yeah, both you really guys have, have an experiential mm-hmm. sort of, you know, knowledge with what's going on in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and I, you know, you want to work through your chamber of commerce. They're an amazing asset. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they're great opportunities to network <coughs> with other business owners. Um, matter of fact, when I was a general manager for 24 hour fitness, I lived in my chamber of commerce, commerce office trying to build relationships with local, local businesses. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they have tons of employees. And then you mm-hmm. go golf for free, too. And you golf for free. Things yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, which is true. Inside I, stuff. That's yeah. how it works. <laughs> uh, there are perks and benefits of being a, a general manager. But, um, you know, I know what it, how hard it is. So I brought up, you know, I just I, I, I said, hey, guys, like, this might be hard for you guys to hear. But this is a very real issue right now. If you're, if you're concerned about the labor force... We have a bill right now that you have an opportunity to, to oppose that is basically going to legislate the killing of unborn children mm-hmm. into law. I mean, you could have you could have heard a pin drop in that room, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it was people are like, I cannot believe you yes. just said that. But think about it. <clears throat> How many millions of children have been killed for the sake of one of the primary arguments, socioeconomic, uh, socioeconomic mm-hmm. conditions. Right. Women want to be considered as equals. Mm-hmm. They want to be part of the labor force. <clears throat> well, what do they exchange for that? Motherhood. Mm-hmm. Right. And, they, and they're saying that should be the woman's right. We're like, okay, well, as Christians, I, di- I disagree with that. And so I said, I'm a Christian and I'm a pastor. And mm-hmm. we want to make sure that I, I'm going to be representing a biblical worldview here. Mm-hmm. But you need to know, like, there are consequences to our decisions. There, mm-hmm. there are hardcore philosophical consequences, real-time consequences in reality. Here we have on the one side... Uh, missing labor force. And if you guys do the numbers, just look to the generations, how many generations have been wiped out? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm generation oh, yeah. X generation. What is it? Uh, Z. Mm-hmm. And then, th- then the others after how many of those have been totally eliminated for the name of, uh, you know, getting women in the workforce that they have a right to do with their own bodies. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let me, what, what was their response? Neil? how did they, well, it, they tried to shut us down, tried to shut Jeremy down, uh, <laughs> and did. that did not equate it with uh, the issue of workforce development. But if you look at the 70 million aborted Americans since Roe v. Wade, and you don't know you know, what, what individual God had ordained to, to really provide for our, for our country, human capacity in those folks that are no longer here. And uh, yeah. it, it was just, uh, it was disappointing. And, and again, Mark was respectful. He was willing to listen. I think there definitely needs to be a follow-up, even if the government's really governor was. signs it, just so he can better understand and make a better decision the next time as our representative. But it was interesting. Afterwards, several people came up and agreed with the position and appreciated Jeremy bringing that forward. Yeah, yeah, and they were they were that like, "Hey, cool. man, that's really neat. Like, we really appreciate you sharing that uh, because it is a direct consequence. It, it is a reality yeah. of, you know, when you when you eliminate people, you're eliminating the potential workers, <clears throat> right? Yeah, surely uh, you have people coming at it from even a pra- pragmatic perspective. Yeah. Going, yeah, yes, I see this, and yeah. here's the now consequence that right. we're living in our generation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so, I mean, that's a very real consequence, and that, that just this morning, you know, passed the third mm-hmm. hearing, and it's going to go to the governor's desk. So, I mean, th- that's real-world consequences. So, uh, why do we share that? Uh, you know, one of the purpose, one of the questions that we sought to ask uh, and to conclude with uh, this evening is, why should Christians be involved in civics? Um, you know, what, 
I'll lead with the answer that I think is most important is because you cannot distinguish the Christian life apart from civics. Amen. Um, I think that Genesis chapter So you would one, say there's not two kingdoms, there's one kingdom? There isn't. As a matter of fact, that's actually what our study is about tonight. Mm-hmm. We're actually studying uh, Willem O'Neill's mm-hmm. uh, The World is Christ, which is a critique of two-kingdom <clears throat> theology, which we believe is a major contributor to Christians resignating that... Um, they're resignating that responsibility. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> we, we see that one of the major issues, why did a bill like 1279 pass? Why do we have majority uh, in both chambers? And obviously, uh, you know, chairs are cyclical. Um, you know, offices are cyclical. You know, there are checks and balances to our system. Mm-hmm. By, and, and sometimes you're going to have majorities in both chambers and a governor to sign everything into law. But I would say it's beyond that. I think that the reason we have the radical type of bills and the things that we see coming through right now, and there are other ones, you know, you can mm-hmm. talk about the election one, 153 yep. that's coming through. Yep. The reason why this is happening is because I believe that Christians have resignated that responsibility of that's just part of the worldly system that's going to pass mm-hmm. away. And, it, and yep. it's not something that we need to be a part of. That's not, and I will quote, <clears throat> scare quotes, that's not a gospel issue. And where we would say, no, mm-hmm. everything's a gospel mm-hmm. issue. So, um, yeah, we'd, what, we'd say out of love for neighbor, out of love for neighbor, exactly. Then, you know, seek the well being yeah, of your seek community. The mm-hmm. community. Yep. I mean, even in the Great Commission, right? Matthew, right. Matthew 28, um, you know, teaching them all things, you know. So, you have, yeah, the, the piece of, you know, in terms of people get be, becoming Christians, right? And getting born again. And then it says, what? Teach them all things, mm-hmm. right? What does that mean? That means the full counsel of God. Disciple mm-hmm. the nation, right? Disciple people. So when you have Christians and you have Christians in society and they care for their neighbor, even if a Christian is in, is in a society like England, you know, is becoming London, the, you know, Sharia law and that kind of thing. It's like yeah. out of love for neighbor, you're going to say this is wrong. I might get my head cut mm-hmm. off, but right. this is wrong. This is <laughs> yeah. wicked. God hates this. Yeah, right. Somebody steals. What do they want to do? They want to cut off their hand. Mm-hmm. That's unjust. Mm-hmm. Totally unjust. You know, the goes against um, you know the the, the lex talionis principle, mm-hmm. which is. Equal measures, equal weights, and, and and justice, right? So somebody steals, cutting off their hands, not the thing to do. Yeah, you know, restoring them, making them whole again, plus some at times, depending <coughs> on the, the, the scenario. Principles of restitutional right. justice. Right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And so we can, you know, the gospel. When we say gospel, we're talking about not just Jesus's ministry or his virgin birth, his ministry, that which was prophesied about these things, and then the the, the miracles that he performed to. Um, basically qualify to commend himself to the, to the hearers. Um, and then his death on the cross, what that means, uh, his death, burial, resurrection, and then ascension. What most people leave out, so that's not just the gospel, guys. <coughs> the gospel, we, we could say quite clearly, is the full breadth of Scripture's revelation. This was the very reason Scripture exists, is to tell us about who our God is, mm-hmm. our relationship to him, uh, what he what it, what that obligates what that demands of us and then why Christ had to die why why a messiah right and then that leads to God's leadership <clears throat> we we often leave out the ascension aspect so when Jesus says in the great commission everything under heaven and earth is mine mm-hmm. go therefore because this is all mine he presently rules on the throne um, he ascended to it and is sat at the right hand of the father everywhere you step is his is his mm-hmm. it's his yeah. Yeah, Amen. and so that's often left out. That's often missed, and so then we we can say we can go into these um, buildings of commerce and 
governance and whatnot, and we can go in there and say, this is Christ's and you have an obligation to honor him in your, in how you handle things, mm-hmm. especially the way you govern people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So you know, knowing that every, every, yeah, everywhere you put your foot and you know, this is Christ's, you're just a vassal, right? You might not know that you're in conquered and you're in conquered territory, yeah. but he's a suzerain vassal over you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the Lord's. Yeah. I mean, it is the we're, we're not necessarily the using his words when we walk into places, well, but yeah. we know theologically, and we yeah. know we know the reality in terms of what, what what's really before us, right? Yeah. Well, one, one yeah. of the things that we really have to look at here in the United States of America and this experiment that we had here in a republic and in freedom, where do we get our rights? Where do we get our freedoms from? And then with those, right. we have obligations. Right, and if we see the the, the document, the, the declaration, we you know we hold these truths to be self evident. Well, what truths are self evident? Right. And these are the truths of the gospel, truth of the scripture, our God uh, in in person in in Jesus, and that is really where we get our rights. It's different from every other governmental system right. in this world. It's unique setup that we have here in the United States. And not only do we have the rights, I want to do this, I have the right to do this, to say this, whatever, but we also have the responsibility, and that brings us right back to getting engaged, precinct caucus if you want to get to a very basic thing. But if we, want to maintain, if we want to maintain our freedoms, yeah. we're going to have to fight for it, work towards it, you know, build a relationship, share with the next. I talk a lot, to, I'm, you know, I... I, I involved with the navigator ministry uh, i'm a disciple maker i want to invent like i'm investing in you from the civic side there's others that i invest it's kind of an interesting thing i always learned when i was a young christian and even all through my christian life for 30 40 plus years is you know if your heart is right your feet are swift you do the mm-hmm. right thing for the right reasons at, yeah, like that. at the right yeah. time and then i put a little political spin on it because i can put a political spin on anything it's uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry i just can't help but doing it, good but, senator, Neil. but uh, that's exactly right. But if your heart is right, you'll vote right. I don't have to tell you how to vote, but if I prepare you to be able to analyze the candidate, ask the right questions, get involved, just not rely on a, a voter's guide yeah. or a yeah. newspaper interview, but you get to know that person, and it's much easier to know your state house member like we met mark snyder than it is to know congressman lamborn who represents 750,000 people mark there's about 20,000 so we need to be out there and that's the responsibility we have because we have a challenge in our world today from a biblical worldview it is the tension between cultural christianity what whether or not you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, but if we live by the principles that are laid out in the New Testament, we'll have an ordered society. Or cultural Marxism, which is a central point where the government wants to control everything, and the family oh, yeah. is the most efficient form of government we have. Yeah. If we have strong families, Agreed. we will have a great country. But you that's one of the reasons I ran for the Senate. I was an advocate for the family and we can see now how the government has had to step in and play family mm-hmm. because of the culture of divorce that we have, the yeah. culture of death that we have in abortion, the the family size and or or people's individuals. So this is the this is the, really the ground zero here of developing this, getting people back engaged to protect their their freedoms, 
mm-hmm. their liberties, and then the responsibility that comes with that. Yeah. And that's just like we in our faith, we have responsibilities as a Christian. Not everything goes. We have responsibility, and that's really what the civic engagement here in the United States of America is all about. Yeah. Uh, one thing, so we're coming up to, uh, we're <coughs> wrapping up here to the end. I wanted to um, touch briefly uh, right before we, we end here on our experience in the assembly. So when I went in there, again, I had no idea what to expect. And you would think, um, well, there was a huge uproar. There was a moment where I'm like, these people are getting unruly. This mm-hmm. is out of control. And if anybody has watched my live streams <clears throat> from the event, I was actually streaming myself, you know, just kind of showing, like, look at what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, we we had some behavior that I that I honestly I did not anticipate. I didn't I because I didn't know how it was going to be run. Um, what is your observation right now with one of our greatest? Um, you know, when you think about we want to win, what is mm-hmm. the what is the greatest obstacle getting in the way of getting candidates that are going to faithfully represent our Christian values? What do you see? Well, I see right now is people that are doing it for the position, not because they want to represent. The individual and there is a between the grassroots and the what I call a political class and Colorado Springs El Paso County has a strong political class that people feel they're endowed to a position and that is the tension right now because people want to feel represented and I experienced that with some of the election things we worked through and that's really the fight for the heart and soul of the Republican Party in El Paso County. And it's not so much Republican versus Democrat. It's just as Republicans, we have a certain set of principles that we believe are better than the other side. And we want to advance that. But if someone gets elected as a Republican, but then votes in a way that doesn't agree with our Republican principles, that's the rub that we're facing right now in El Paso County because we are such a strong conservative, faith-based community that people want to reclaim it. And it takes time to do that. You can't do it overnight, but uh, we need to be involved. Otherwise, we're going to lose what we have. Yeah. Do you have something to share? I'll say, yeah, my experience, you know, going to the assembly, <coughs> I, was, I was surprised how many people were there. Yeah. I mean, we were at a, you know, local high school out here, you know, um, and uh, the assembly room was just, I mean, packed. Yeah, get people standing in the back and come to find out it was hot in there, dude. It was, yeah. I was so where I was sitting, I was catching just not yours, but some mean bad breath <laughs> from like both sides. That we're by, we're by a wall, and I'm like, man, somebody needs some dental work, man, because this is crazy bad breath. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was tight quarters in there, bro. Tight quarters, man. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, I think it was you that said, you know, you're, you're looking at. Oh, by, by the way. As far as the the people that were there, come to find out, you were saying that there was still what a, f- a couple hundred that that could have been there. There were about four hundred. We had about seventy percent of the delegates that were appointed at the caucus that actually showed up at showed the up. assembly, which you know was really a pretty good turnout. I mean, if you look at an election, a seventy to eighty percent turnout in election is good, but there's a lot of opportunity for people to be involved if they take oh, the yeah. time and effort and do it. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. I looked at it. I mean, you think you you, you made a jokingly you know joke about a you know Southern Baptist convention. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it made me think of uh, you know when the critical race theory things are getting put put out and Tom Askell's in the back going no, 
No, if you haven't seen like by what standard and mm-hmm. stuff, it's awesome. I just saw uh, he got nominated as president, a potential president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and Bodie Bauckham too, alongside yeah, mm-hmm. two very you know conservative, mm-hmm. Reformed Baptist, um, you know Baptist guys. Even yeah, that an article by Ben by a Daily Wire, mm-hmm. Ben Shapiro put mm-hmm. that out too, and she thought it was pretty mm-hmm. cool. You get those guys, you're gonna see a you're gonna see some some waves in SBC. But anyways, back to the assembly. Yeah, I saw that, and so that you know, going through these you know these rules, you know, we're we're having to stand up and sit down. At one point in time, it was like decibel meter, not really, but yeah, you know, people who were yelling yes louder, you know, than the <laughs> nose. Okay, yep, yep, that, that passes. Yeah, and then you know they somebody came up and and presented you know um, you know a, 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 what a question to change it right. Hey, motions a motion. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm looking for a motion to. Hey, can we can we stand up by representation of the yes or no votes? Yeah. So we did that, and then here I am, like Jeremy stand the whole time. He didn't get yelled at. <laughs> I get yelled at. I got yelled at. <laughs> I got yelled at because I, you know, I kind of stood up for one. I'm like, hold on a second here. I should be sitting down for this. Can't one. vote twice. And some lady next to me, yeah, just <laughs> lit me up, used some yeah, curse words and all. I was like, yeah. okay, it's cool. Uh, we good? <laughs> You're not yeah. gonna swing on me now, are you? See, she might have. <laughs> She was out of control. Yeah. So I would say, um, yeah, yeah the pretty, one thing wild. I noticed is that there's, you know, to your point, Neil, there's some pretty serious division. Um, mm-hmm. Name so, calling going on. <coughs> rhinos. Yeah. Like, right, rhinos. And come that's, on. And I just found out what that is. So it's a Republican in, in name, name only. <laughs> yeah. And that's just what to, it's what Neil said a moment ago, which is, you know, they, they will run a certain way. And when they're voted in, they vote another way. Yep. They're not voting according to the um, resolutions and beliefs and values of the party that they say they represent. Totally so, valid complaint. Mm-hmm. Totally is, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. So with that said, um, you know, we got a couple minutes left here. Uh, you know, what would you say, Neil, would be something that uh, you would encourage folks right now? So if you had the opportunity to just share briefly, um, you know, how what would you say to encourage them to get more involved? Because the one thing that came, there was a resounding interest that was shown in this particular assembly and i'm assuming this is going to be the case for others where many people they've been hit so hard by governor government overreach mm-hmm. and um you tyrannical know, covid garbage mm-hmm. totally overstepping their boundaries right. yeah. uh, we're dealing with a welfare state a paternal state right mm-hmm. we're dealing with all these things and people are genuinely getting hit hard right uh, right now and they're feeling the consequences of these kinds of governing systems and so what we saw was a huge turnout of people wanting to get involved right. very like-minded what would you encourage the viewers um, to do? Well, first of all, everyone needs to make sure that they're registered to vote. Yeah. And to vote in the primary election coming up. We have a benefit here, depending wh- which side you look at as a, as a voter in Colorado. Even the unaffiliated voters can vote in our primary, whether de- Democratic primary or Republican primary. Register to vote. Go on to the website, the 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 Secretary of State's website. Make sure that your registration is proper. There's a lot of people that find that with our automatic voter registration, they want to register as a Republican, and then they end up being an unaffiliated. Then they find out, hey, that didn't happen. But that's part of civic responsibility, self-government, going and making sure your registration's right, your ballot is sent to the, the right address, and those kinds of things. And then don't ever let anybody talking you out of your vote. There's no place easier to vote as we know in colorado but that no one should feel 
disenfranchised because the opportunity to vote here is tremendous. But mm-hmm. you have responsibility to make sure that your registration's correct. And then move into those next levels. Get involved in the party basis. The precinct caucus leader, really, a couple times a year, not a lot of activity, depending what yeah. level you want to be involved, but be involved. Have, make a difference and not just complain, but be willing to go up and step up. Uh, right. that, that's a huge point. If I if I can say too, um, uh, if I and, and to Dave shared Dave Williams shared something very similar. He said, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and you've said this a number of times. Don't just complain, guys. Don't don't learn who your senators are, who your representatives are, uh, when you're angry about things. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing to my shame. Um, <clears throat> if you don't know who these people are, you're not involved. Right. Um, if you you need to learn the <clears throat> names of these people. These are the people who local are representing you. People, local people. Mm-hmm. Start at your yep. city level, work out to the county, and then on onto the state. But I would definitely say, your city leaders right now are making decisions for you that you probably would not agree with. Yeah. Uh, if you only knew what's coming through the table, right. um, you would be pretty upset. Uh, I, I imagine for a lot of it, and to realize because you know in the hearings that we've been involved in, providing testimonies, right? Uh, you feel like you're banging your head against the wall mm-hmm. because you are. They don't represent your values. There, there's, you know, we're in the minority. These people um, totally stand in opposition to your values. And so, you know, this is where we cannot separate and make a distinction between Christianity proper and practical life. Yep. Um, and these people right now, if you, lo- if you love your freedoms, yep. you appreciate these. Again, to, to Neil's point a moment yep. ago, it's re- you have to be responsible yep. and take action. And so that, that's a big part of it. What are your thoughts? Amen. Amen. Yeah, I mean, guys, Amen. I mean, Jeremy and I have, you know, have talked about things and, and Jeremy's even said from the pulpit and even during announcements, like, guys, even in our church, like, hey, yeah. you have no idea if just everybody was involved in yeah. these things. Like, yeah. there'd be a ton of caucus leaders in our church here. Yeah. And we have people yeah. in church from, you know, yeah. Peyton. All yeah. over the place. Yeah, yeah. All over Black Forest, you know, yeah. all over Colorado Springs. Yeah. So. They just need to be informed. Yeah. And there's opportunities to be involved in. And again, it's, you know, when you try new territory, it always is a little scary, but it's well worth the effort. Yeah. I think you will affirm that it was well worth the effort of getting involved with the caucus. 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and that's, can I add Yeah, go it? for it. Yeah. It's kind of kind of fun, you know, and Jeremy, you, they call me the interrogator, right? <laughs> and when you get Jeremy and I tag teaming, man, oh, it's, oh, it's, oh, uh, oh. it's pretty fun. We're, we're walking around <laughs> talking to these, you know, candidates because at the assembly they have their tables set yep. up, right? Vote for, you know, this person, that person. And uh, we're walking, walking over. Hey, how you doing? And Jeremy, first thing Jeremy says, so tell me, why should I vote for you? Yeah. Like, give me your pitch. Yeah, why should I vote for you? You know, and um, it's just funny. And so next thing you know, Jeremy and I are like, so what do you think about abortion? Mm-hmm. Let's hear that. Oh, oh. I'm pro-life. And then some, okay. I, I forget her name. Rebecca. Is it Rebecca? Okay, yeah. so yeah, Rebecca. I'm pro-life, but then gets into an argument of why it's okay to murder this child. A friend had cancer. Sad story. Yeah. Horrible story. Yeah. Yeah, horrible story. Um, but it's just interesting, right? Like. Yeah, jumped right into that. Probably not the maybe wisest thing for her part to jump there. She's trying to be clever, but yeah, nope. I mean, at least she was honest about it and she came was. out and said that. And she yeah. was, I think, I think to her credit, she was being transparent. She was right, which I which I thought was cool. You know, yeah. we, we addressed that. I thought I thought Jeremy addressed that really yeah. well. You know, he said, "Hey, look, you know, as, as sad as that is, you know, that's wrong. That's yeah, we should pursue the life. Yeah. yeah, pursue life. Yeah, of both um, the parent, uh, yeah. the even her friend that was with her disagreed. She's like, oh, I disagree with her." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she she definitely yeah. had had a harder, uh, more hardline stance similar to ours. Um, but yeah, it's just I mean that that was interesting. You know, come right up, 
I mean, and, and, and what's cool about it too is this is a forum for you to go to people and just hit them up. Hey, them where up. are you yep. at with yep. this? Hey, are you a yep. Christian? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Oh, cool. Okay. And I, oh, what church you go to? Yeah. Who's your pastor? Well, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Uh, mm, sh- mm, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, I got to go. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, I got to go. Yeah. Sorry, bro. Well, well, yeah. psh, nope. Yeah. Things are happening. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, so I, I really enjoyed that part of it. And, um, yeah. you know, cool to be able to, you know, see people on a local level. And I've never, yeah. ever, ever, ever done this before in my life. Yeah, yeah me neither. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, with, you know, things we've been talking about, you know, the books we've been reading, yeah. people we've been influenced by, yeah. you know, I've been, I've been really encouraging Jeremy too, even as a pastor saying, you know what, man, what a lot of Christians do lack is the theological undergirding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with this. Cause I'm thankful to be, I'm very thankful for a lot of people out there that are inconsistent mm-hmm. with yeah. their, with their views of, of even eschatology, where they stand on you know, dispensationalism compared to covenant theology. Mm-hmm. I love the 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 <clears throat> inconsistent people who are still yep. engaged. They're still there. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh yeah. you just have to my car alarm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, we live in the ghetto out here, guys. So. <laughs> dude, I wouldn't be surprised if someone broke into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Middle of the day, dude. Yeah. Dude sagging, waving guns around, you know. Guys, I have a nineteen ninety six Jeep Grand Cherokee with uh, different color doors. Yeah, it's pretty gangster. Oh, I forgot to tell her how to do it too. That's what's so. That's what's funny. She has to actually. Un- anyway, okay. Um. Hey, tell mommy. Well, guys, yeah. Turn. So my, my right. encouragement is yeah. get involved. Tell mommy she has to do the tailgate. get involved. Mm-hmm. Get involved in your local caucus. If you're not in Colorado, figure out how your how your state works <laughs> with these things. <laughs> yeah. Know know your local leaders. Hit them up. Question yeah. them. Hey, you a Christian? Okay, let's talk about that. Yeah. 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 Don't be afraid to do that. You, where are you at an abortion? Yeah. Pro-life? Okay. To, to what? I asked this, I asked yeah. this, this the same lady. To what degree? Yeah. I'd love to hear. To what degree are you pro-life? Yeah. Just jump right into it. Yeah. Be an interrogator, you guys. Yeah, don't be afraid <clears throat> yep. and jump right in. You know, both feet. Go with both feet. And, uh, and I would say, um, it's really funny. <laughs> My alarm's going off for whatever reason. Um, you know, don't be afraid to jump in with both feet and... Um, uh, learn the process. I yeah. think you'll, I think you'll be actually pleasantly surprised that there are a lot of people who really want to see more people get involved. So they'd be happy, you know, like Neil and others to, uh, uh mentor you and yep. disciple you through the process. So, uh, with that said, I just have one last announcement guys. Um, and also to, you know, Hang real quick, <laughs> do you love people? Do you love building relationships? Jeez. You know, oh, do you, do, you know, is, is, does this provide opportunity to minister to people, <clears throat> to pray with people? Hey, Unlock the back. Get involved, yeah. and and unlock the back tailgate. Unlock the tailgate. <laughs> My Jeep is so old that um the uh, controller thingy doesn't turn it off anymore. You actually have to unlock Unlo- the back tailgate. Unlock a door. Yeah. The, the yeah. back tailgate. It only yeah. works that the the only sensor that works is the back tailgate, which okay. is really funny. Okay. One of our one of our one of one of Jeremy and mine's greatest meetings took place at a at a at a, at a brewery called Cerberus. Out mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Yep, and uh, this was when Jeremy was Jeremy came to the conclusion that the church that he was in, yeah. he didn't align with it. They were going mm. a different direction as yep. far as theology, you know, the, uh, yeah. uh, their, their theology with evangelism and yep. so forth, and getting into Andy Stanley and Jeremy's like had Jeremy's a nineteen page, nineteen, <laughs> I think it was like twenty three pages, twenty three. Okay, I think so. Twenty three, twenty one or twenty three, something. Like refutation that. of this stuff. Yeah. Anyways, long story short, sh- long story, story short, short with the Jeep. The Jeep. Jeremy's getting into his Jeep from the passenger <laughs> side, and I'm taking pictures. He's like, what are you doing? Are you taking pictures? I'm like, yep. 
<laughs> gonna I be used to have later. To, yeah. I used to have to get into the Jeep uh, through the passenger <laughs> side because the, the front door was gonna fall off. Yeah, I know it, it it had yeah, but I, I get yeah. a lot of I get a lot of use out of the vehicle too. We'll have to <laughs> yeah. talk about my hot rod Lincoln sometime. Yeah, man. And Neil, listen, the good senator, if you ever fall asleep in front of us, I'm gonna snap a picture of you. He'll okay, take a picture. Good. Of you. I'm ready. I'm That's ready. Promise. Yeah, yeah. He's like, is Neil going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is pretty comfortable here. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Well, um, again, uh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. For joining us today. Yeah, we brother. do appreciate it. And uh, like, like I was saying, one final announcement, guys. Um, we do have a rally. So speaking of ways to get involved. Yes. Um, and again, this is a cheerleading moment, but we... I will actually be speaking at End Abortion Now rally. You'll have Jeff Durbin there, um, Zach Laugenschlager, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Um, I know Zach Conover and others are going to be speaking there at this event. I think Todd Watkins, actually. Okay, very good. He might be speaking there, too. But um, This is a know, big deal, you guys. It is. I mean, if, and for us, for Jeremy to be speaking there, yeah, that's huge. It is cool. It, it's, it's an honor uh, to be, you know, not only just to provide testimony yep. with, with Jeff Durbin, um, for Dave's bill, but uh, it's yeah. really to reflect on uh, Bill 1079, the fact that it was the first, I think, in Colorado's history to be a true abolition bill. Mm -hmm. uh, Apologia Studios and, and the legal team, I think, that works with Zach Laugenschlager mm -hmm. is the one who actually put it together. And I forgive me, Zach, if I'm not pronouncing yep. your name correctly. Um, but uh, anyway, April 2nd. I'm sure he won't pronounce yours correctly. So I know. No one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pronounced name. But yeah, uh, April 2nd. At uh, the Capitol Hill mm -hmm. from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. All right. Wonderful. Yep. Yeah. So anyway. Thank you. Um, yeah. We love you guys. And great to be here. Like. Subscribe. Okay. Press the, I mean, press the button, bro. Go, oh, oh, I need to. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got to press the button. There we go. The button here.